0: Hi, everyone. This is Frank Fear, and you're listening to Joey P. and Frank, NFL Championship Games Edition. You know, it's been a long season, but if anything emerged from last weekend's divisional games, it's this. How good the games can be, and gee, let's tee up some more, and that's going to happen on Sunday. I can't count the number of people I've talked with over the last few days who said that ordinarily they don't watch as much pro football as they did last weekend, and they watched more consecutive hours than they've ever watched in their lives. And why not? It was theater. Three of the four games decided by three points. The fourth decided by six points in overtime. You had all the elements, too. Frigid weather and snow in Green Bay and different kinds of game deciders. The block punt that gave San Francisco the win and an interception that made it possible for the Bengals to advance. And you had rapid fire touchdowns at the end of the game in both Tampa and then in Kansas City in consecutive games on Sunday. One that started in Tampa Bay with 42 seconds left and the other in Kansas City with 13 seconds left. Well, we all know what happened in those games, and so I'm gonna recommend you do something that I did in preparation for this broadcast. That is, analyze the stats and watch the film again, at least parts of it, to get a better handle on why and how certain teams won games that they might have otherwise lost. And I'm gonna take the Buffalo-Kansas City game as an example. Primarily because it was my favorite game, and also because I grew up near Buffalo as a Bills fan. And I've come to the conclusion that long before the final fateful drive to tie and the TD that gave Kansas City the win in overtime, it's possible to see why and how the Chiefs put themselves in position to win, not just on offense, but more so on defense. How so? It's clear that Kansas City wanted to shut down the Bills' running game, specifically Devin Singletary, and to control Buffalo's two top receivers, namely Diggs and Knox. They did it in ways that I didn't think would be possible. Stats? Singletary ran the ball 10 times. 26 yards. And, Wow the Bills' top receivers, Diggs and Knox, had a combined, get this, five receptions for a total of 16 yards, both. Yet, together, they were targeted 16 times. 16 targets, only five receptions for your leading receivers. Credit that to the often maligned Kansas City secondary. But, Uh, The Chiefs' brain trust knew that they would be rolling the dice. Let the other receivers beat us if they can, and they almost did. Davis and Beasley had over 260 yards total. But with his running game shut down, Josh Allen had to show the way, and he did, in spectacular fashion. Almost 400 yards in the air and on the ground. On the other side of the ball, Kansas City went with its strengths, Hill and Kelsey, and Buffalo didn't do to Kansas City what the Chiefs did to Buffalo. Those two, Hill and Kelsey, had 250 yards on 19 receptions. I think even more telling than the total yards was they were targeted 22 times and made 19 receptions. So I think those stats are compelling, They're the story behind the story of the game. There's also, though, more to the story. Uh, In rewatching the end of the game film, the big question I have, and I think I've read, others are raising too, is why did Buffalo kick the ball into the end zone at game's end? The better option, it would appear, would be to squib kick it and force the Chiefs to either run and use the clock or Just basically take the ball where the ball was collected, where it was caught, and odds are that would have put them farther back, meaning more to go to get that game-tying field goal. Well, you know, it's easy to second-guess. And I'm not doing that as much as essentially saying, I really know what I saw. I analyzed the data and went back and looked at the film to answer the big questions Uh, of why and how things turned out. You can do the same, and as I mentioned, I encourage you to do it. You might even come to different conclusions than I shared, but the important thing is to do that deep dive. Well, Joey went two and two last weekend. He missed on the Titans, and he missed on the Packers, and that record put him at six and four, 60% for the playoffs, with two rounds yet to go. But he's delighted that the finalists that he picked before the season began, the finalists to get the Super Bowl are still in the hunt, Kansas City and the Los Angeles Rams. So now for his analysis and picks for Championship Sunday. Here's my partner, Joe Platania.
1: Well, thank you very much, as always, my good friend, Frank. And uh, it's a very special anniversary here on the Joey P and Frank podcast. It's uh, it's our silver anniversary, episode number 25. I don't know if any gifts are going to be rolling in, but that's quite all right. It's been a, a really fun season, and we've got a little bit further to go with the conference championship games coming up this Sunday. I, I know a lot of people are going to use the phrase Final Four. I, I, you know, maybe I'm a, I'm a bit, bit anal retentive on this, but uh, that's something that, that we should just say for March Madness. I know the college lacrosse people use that phrase, too, for their Memorial Day weekend Uh uh, gatherings, but uh, it's conference championship Sunday. It's uh, the last four teams standing is what it is. Coming off a um, a divisional uh, round, the divisional round used to be the first round way back when when you didn't have enough um, and as many playoff teams. But uh, it was a pretty tremendous uh, divisional round. Although, I just want to get it out there that uh, being an, a, a, an an old fart, an old salt like myself. I'm not really into recency bias or a prisoner of the moment. Like I said, it was a great weekend. There's no question about it. But to anoint it already as the best weekend ever, I mean, this game has a long, long history. I've been watching the NFL since the late 60s. I've been watching the NFL since the late 60s myself, and I just don't get into recency bias. Uh, uh, I've seen a lot of great divisional round games, wild card games, Super Bowls. I mean, to. Uh, to actually have that kind of thing uh, anointed as the best ever. I just, uh, I just don't see it. I mean, I, I, I blame the young fans for that. I mean, you've got to, you've got to know your history. I mean, the young fans they are playing their fantasy games, they're, they're doing their gambling and uh, they fancy themselves as being really, really knowledgeable, but uh, you're not truly knowledgeable unless you know your history. And, and yet I keep hearing people like that keep saying, well, that was before my time. Well, not to sound like Ray Lewis about it, but I think you should make every time your time. Be, be knowledgeable, be conversant about things that happened before you were born. I know that's what I did with no, uh, with no Google and no internet. Back when I was a little kid in the 60s and 70s, I read voraciously about stuff that happened in sports and in society before I was born.
0: And people don't take the time to ask the question, well, what was it like? Uh, 20, 30, and 40 years ago, and so therefore, they crown what happened most recently because they've lived through it. So it's their lived experience, but the beauty of history is that it's others, uh, the lived experience of others. Well, uh, let's move on to uh, your analysis and picks. We're down to uh, four teams, the AFC and NFC championship games, uh, and Kansas City is there again. Um, They're taking on the surprising Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, you've made your pick. Let us know what it is and why.
1: Well, there shouldn't be for anybody who's uh, regularly read the sports column, or uh, or heard these podcasts. It shouldn't be any mystery because way back in August, I predicted a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl matchup, and uh, they are two of the final four. I, there, there, I go. I broke my own rule. They are two of the last four teams standing. Uh, And I think they are both going to win these games. I mean, the Bengals, they can become the third team since 2003 to go from worst to first and make the Super Bowl in the same season, joining the 17 Eagles and the 09 Saints. And in the 2021 season, both the Bengals and 49ers, who hooked up in a couple of Super Bowls way back when, uh, have answered a last place finish with a conference championship game appearance, making 2021 the fifth year since the league merger 51 years ago, in which two teams have gone from last place finishes to a berth in the conference championship games. Uh, it's just amazing when you consider that, with the cream always rising to the top this time of year, which is the way I prefer it. Uh, I'm not one of these people that likes to see new teams in and out every year. I know a lot of younger fans like that, but uh, 75% of the league, 24 out of 32 teams, have played for a trip to the Super Bowl in the last. 12 years and for 17 straight years the NFL will not have a repeat champion the New England Patriots in Super Bowls uh, 38 and 39 they're the last team to go back to back but uh, the uh, conference championships are Sunday and I'll, I'll never forget way back when when the games were at uh, 12 o'clock and four thirty, and the order of the games for some reason I was always hung up on that what order are the games going to be played in uh, of course, if you have a game being played in the Pacific time zone, uh, if, naturally you can't have that being played at 12 o'clock Eastern time, but, uh, the NFL streamlined the process. They tinkered with it. They tinker with everything. And a few years ago, they moved the conference championship games to three o'clock and 6:30, Uh, so you could have a, a reasonable kickoff time. If one of them was being played out West and then they switched it so that the AFC would be first one year and the NFC would be first, the second year. There's no bias as toward which one was the more spotlighted matchup. And um, a good way to remember it is that the game that goes first on conference championship Sunday, they will be the designated home team for the Super Bowl. So at Sunday at 3 o'clock on CBS, the AFC game will be first. The winner of this game will be the designated home team for the Super Bowl, even though they might be playing it in the Rams' home field. They will be playing it on the Rams' home field. Uh, Cincinnati. 12-7 to this point against Kansas City. 14 and 5. Bill Vinovich, a two-time Super Bowl ref. He did games 49 and 54. He'll be working this game. And of course, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and the very underrated Tracy Wolfson will be calling it a mother of three. She does a really, really terrific job on those sidelines with that top crew. So you're all set for that. These two franchises have never met in the postseason, but as we do know, they did meet only four weeks ago, week 17 at Paul Brown Stadium. Cincinnati came from 14 down, and beat Kansas City 34-31 to clinch the AFC North, and render uh, the Ravens, render the Ravens, Browns, and 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 uh, the Steelers irrelevant. Ben Roethlisberger just retired today, so who knows what they're going to do? But Joe Burrow passed for 446 yards in that game against the Chiefs four touchdowns. Jamar Chase, 11 catches, 266, and three touchdowns. He surpassed uh, Jerry Butler, not the singer, the other guy, Jerry Butler, who had 255 receiving yards and 79 for the most receiving yards in a game by a rookie ever. The Bengals began as an expansion franchise, the last of the AFL teams in 1968, so they only played two years in the AFL, before the merger, they own the best record in AFC championship games, even though it's only 2-0, and but uh, they advanced to the Super Bowl on both occasions, Super Bowls 16 and 23, losing to the, New York, uh, to the San Francisco 49ers both times. The Bengals and the New York Giants are the NFL's only teams in the Super Bowl era without a loss on conference championship Sunday. And 31 of 32 teams have played in those contests. Now, the Chiefs, would have win would advance to a third straight Super Bowl. That's been pretty rare. Uh, I don't need to tell you or any other Western New Yorkers. Buffalo, they went to uh, Super Bowls 25, 26, 27, 28. Miami went to Super Bowls 6, 7, and 8. New England went to Super Bowls 51, 52, and 53. And then that's when the Chiefs picked up the mantle. They've been to Super Bowls 54, and fifty five, and they can make it uh, a third straight Super Bowl. They're playing a. They're the Kansas City is the first team in NFL history to host a conference championship game four straight years. The seventh to play in the game in four straight years. Period. Chiefs are two and two all time in the AFC Championship games. Victories in each of the past two seasons. The franchise was three and zero in AFL championship games. See, learn your history, kids. They won in sixty two as the Dallas Texans and in 66 and 69 after moving to Kansas City. Andy Reid, one of the most likable guys in the NFL, uh, one of the most highly regarded coaches. He um, had a lot of success in Philadelphia without bringing the trophy home, but he's now guided two teams to four consecutive conference championship games, Philadelphia 01 to 04, and Kansas City now. No other head coach in the Super Bowl era has made four straight appearances in this game with multiple teams. Bill Belichick went to eight in a row. Uh, John Madden did five. Tom Landry did four. Marv Levy did four. They're the only other coaches to pull that off. And Reed has 252 career wins, including the postseason. The only guys who have more, oh, a few guys named Shula and George Hallis. Bill Belichick, Tom Landry. Zach Taylor, uh, the youngest of the four conference championship coaches uh, for the Bengals. He could become the sixth individual to win his first three postseason games as an NFL head coach, joining, oh, a guy I know very well, Brian Billick, along with Jeff Fisher, John Fox, Doug Peterson, and Ken Wisenhunt, the former Ravens assistant, by the way. Bengals are 2-1 against Kansas City since Reed took over, and only the Tennessee Titans are 5-2, have a better record against the Chiefs than the Bengals do in that span. Now, of course, you have to talk about the quarterbacks in this matchup, Patrick Mahomes is expected to become the first quarterback in NFL history to start four conference championship games prior to turning 27 years old. And with a new wife and a new baby, I'd say he's on a bit of a roll. Mahomes is seven and one in eight postseason starts at Arrowhead Stadium with 23 touchdown passes, one interception, and a 120.5 passer rating. He's doing pretty good. Including the postseason, Mahomes owns a four and one career record against opponents. Which he has lost previously in the same season, including wins in the 2020 AFC Championship game and last week's win, last week's win both over the Buffalo Bills in that uh, amazing, amazing game that we all watched last weekend. He gets, uh, uh, well, Jamar Chase, he gets uh, Joe Burrow throwing to him. Jamar Chase enters Sunday with 225 postseason receiving yards. He needs 18 against the Chiefs to break the NFL postseason rookie record held by Torrey Holt, uh, the late of NC State and the Rams, Chase, who had 116 receiving yards in the wild card win against Las Vegas and 109 last week. First player in NFL history with multiple postseason games of 100 or more receiving yards. Five pairs of teammates this year each reached 1,000 receiving yards. Two of those duos are featured in this game: Chase and T. Higgins and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey, I mean, what a career he has had. He has 96 postseason catches. Only three guys in NFL history have more. Rob Gronkowski with 98, Julian Edelman 118, and some guy named Jerry Rice at 151. Tyreek Hill had 172 receiving yards in this conference title game last year. He had 11 for 150. Uh, Last week, he joined Larry Fitzgerald, Julio Jones, Steve Smith, former Raven, and and Hall of Famers Bolitnikoff and Rice is the only players in history with multiple career postseason games of at least 150 receiving yards. Joe Burrow, 28 for 37 against Tennessee last week. T. Higgins had seven catches for 96. Jamar Chase, five catches for 109. I have heard of no health issues involving all these great weapons on both teams. Although, if you were to give the edge to anybody, uh, Kansas City being at home with the playoff experience and having a better offensive line that they had to rebuild last offseason after what Tampa Bay did do it in the Super Bowl. Cincinnati's offensive line, uh, not the best. Uh, Joe Burrow got taken down nine times last week. But Burrow did become the first quarterback to win two playoff games in the second season since Russell Wilson did it, uh, leading the Seahawks to a Super Bowl title uh, eight seasons ago. Now, what, uh, could, what it could come down to if Kansas City doesn't blow Cincinnati off the field – Could come down to kickers. Evan McPherson, the rookie kicker from Cincinnati, he was uh, all SEC at Florida. He converted a 52-yard game winner with no time remaining to uh, send Cincinnati to this game and knock top seed Tennessee out. McPherson kicked a 54-yarder earlier in in that Tennessee game. He tied the single-game NFL postseason record with two field goals of at least 50 yards, and he converted all four field goal attempts in both the wild card and divisional victories. McPherson is the first kicker in NFL history with four or more field goals in multiple games of the same postseason. And with eight field goals, he's also tied the NFL's rookie postseason record held by Stephen Gostowski Gostowski of New England in 2006. But uh, I believe if, uh, I don't have my pick in front of me here, Frank, but I believe I have it as a one-score game. It's conference championship week. I think the Cincinnati Bengals are going to acquit themselves well in this game but let's face it the chiefs at home uh playing at uh, their absolute peak of their offensive prowess as, as buffalo found out with only 13 seconds to go in regulation i still have kansas city uh edging this out and uh staking an early claim to team of the decade status by making a third straight super bowl and winning the afc title game
0: yeah you have it uh, 33 to 26 For Kansas City. Uh, And now we go on to an interesting game, Uh, the Los Angeles Rams and the 49ers, no strangers to each other. Uh, Obviously, and they just played a few weeks ago, very important game for the 49ers. And one of the things that's interesting about this game, Joe, from my perspective, is that in the Kansas City-Cincinnati game, you have two prolific quarterbacks Uh, for Los Angeles. Of course, you've got Matthew Stafford, who's gotten a new lease on life, out in LA. And then you have uh, Jimmy G. uh, And I'm sure as you've heard it and read it this week, the much maligned Jimmy G, who hasn't thrown a touchdown pass yet in the playoffs. Interesting, um, interesting uh, matchup here uh, for all the marbles in the NFC. Uh, You have the Rams winning the game consistent with your preseason pick. You're sticking with that. Uh, But give give us the skinny on this game from your point of view.
1: Yeah, you also have to wonder, uh, you, you know, I remember a couple of times in Ravens history when a, a quarterback started off poorly in a postseason game and then the fans are screaming and yelling afterwards, oh, why didn't they bring the backup in? You might run into that situation here if Jimmy G gets off to a slow start They uh, and, and the 49ers lose the game. People might yell out, oh, where was Trey Lance? Why didn't you move to Trey Lance? Because, I, like I said, I remember a couple of times in Ravens history where um, – uh, a quarterback started off slow in a, pre- in a postseason game, and uh, people were screaming for the backup, and the move was never made. Uh, Matthew Stafford, uh, a, a son of the great state of Texas, it's, it just seems funny throughout the when you consider how great Texas high school and college football is that uh, we went a long, long time without having a Texas-born quarterback win a Super Bowl. That didn't happen until Super Bowl uh, 44 when Drew Brees did it. Uh, he was the first Texas-born quarterback to win it all. Now maybe we can have someone join him in that club. San Francisco's 12 and 7 to this point. The Rams are 14 and 5. The game is at 6:40. It's on Fox with uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, the great Tom Rinaldi, and Aaron Andrews on the call. And Carl Sheffers, another two-time Super Bowl referee, uh, is going to be working this game. He worked Super Bowls 51 and 55 just last year. So he'll be handling this game at SoFi Stadium, the site of Super Bowl 56, which we'll have on uh, NBC in a couple of weeks' time. The Rams, they're the first team in NFL history to host a conference championship game at the site of a Super Bowl in the same postseason. And with a win, Los Angeles would become the second team ever to play a Super Bowl on its home field two in a row, in fact, joining last year's Buccaneers. It's amazing, all these Super Bowls we've had and now – all of a sudden, it's become a bit of an epidemic to play a Super Bowl in your home field. If indeed Los Angeles does pull that off, I do remember Super Bowl 14 at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. The Los Angeles Rams were in that game, uh, even though the LA Coliseum was their home. And five years later, the 49ers played Super Bowl 19 at Stanford Stadium, even though Candlestick Park was their home. But uh, it wasn't until last year that you had somebody play in a Super Bowl in their own building. And remember, there were only 28,000 fans there because of COVID, too. So we can't forget that. 49ers and Rams have only met once in the postseason. Pretty amazing considering their long histories. The 1989 NFC title game, uh, back when the 49ers were in their full flower as a dynasty. San Fran won it 30-3 at Candlestick Park. And then they went on to blow Denver out of the water in New Orleans in Super Bowl twenty-four. I believe that game was 55 to 10, if I remember correctly. Uh, The 49ers have won six in a row against the Rams, including that uh, game late in the season. They came back from 17 down because they had to make the playoffs. They had to have that game, and they did, and they knocked New Orleans out of the playoffs, and maybe that game is what prompted uh, Sean Payton to walk away from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, We'll have to I'm waiting to hear from him on that uh, as he created the ninth coaching opening. Although, as a bit of an aside, two coaching openings were filled today in Chicago and Denver. San Francisco is making its second appearance in the NFC Championship in three years. They've reached a conference championship game for the 17th time, more than any franchise in the Super Bowl era. In 20, since 2011, the 49ers are making their fifth appearance in the NFC title game. San Francisco is 7-9 and all-time at this stage rams are making their 11th appearance in the nfc title game tied with the packers for the third most since the merger and only the 49ers with 17 and the cowboys with 16 have made more appearances in the nfc championship and the cowboys haven't done it since 1995 so that fact might surprise some people who don't know their history i sense a recurring theme here this season beginning with their week 10 win against the rams The 49ers have won nine of their last 11 games, entering Sunday's contest, including the postseason. And this year, the Rams have won seven of their last eight, including the regular season. Their only setback in that stretch was the loss to the 49ers in Week 18, a game San Francisco had to win to clinch the playoff berth. San Fran has won three straight road games against the Rams, six in a row overall, and uh, five out of the last six in Los Angeles. The Rams lost five overall games and two were to San Francisco. Uh, in that week 18 win, San Fran, like I said, they came from 17 down to win 27-24 in overtime. It's Kyle Shanahan's second playoff berth. He was, uh, he was a, 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 the, uh, I think, the offensive coordinator in Atlanta when uh, they uh, kicked away Super Bowl 51 to Tom Brady. Didn't run the ball enough, but maybe Kyle Shanahan has learned a few postseason lessons from there. Now, last week, uh, this I'd like to point out the special team stuff. We talked about Evan McPherson earlier with the Bengals. But last week, San Fran blocked two kicks in the 13-10 win at Green Bay, becoming the first team to block a field goal and a punt in the same postseason game since Buffalo did it at Houston in the 1988 Divisional Round game. Uh, Jimmy Ward blocked a Packers field goal attempt at the end of the first half. While defensive lineman Jordan Willis blocked a fourth quarter punt that was returned six yards for a touchdown by Talanoa Hufanga to tie the game. So that was a huge, huge play with 450 to go. Hufanga's touchdown marked the second latest game tying or go ahead special teams touchdown in NFL postseason history. And I got to tell you, I've had it in the back of my mind all year long that even though Green Bay, they're the top seed, they're playing at Lambeau Field. Special teams was going to be their undoing. I, I covered the CFL for a couple of years when they had a team in Baltimore. CFL coaches were always telling me, special teams will win you or cost you two or three games a year. And it certainly did that to a Green Bay team that had won 13 games for three straight seasons, only team ever to do that. The only uh, game tying or go ahead special teams touchdown scored later than what the 49ers did in a postseason contest was the Music City Miracle, which we all remember. 13 seconds remaining to help Tennessee beat Buffalo. Sorry, sorry, Frank, that I have to keep bringing up all the stuff that happens to Buffalo, but uh, a University of Maryland guy named Frank Whitecheck was part of that as uh, they, uh, the, the, the Titans beat the Bills in that 1999 game. Now in the 49ers divisional playoff win over the Packers, Debo Samuel, one of the most versatile players, toughest players in the league, 39 rushing yards, converted to third and seven with a nine-yard run. On the game-winning drive, the 49ers are eight and one when Debo Samuel rushes for 35 or more yards. Now Garoppolo, we touched on him. He has a four and one postseason record as a starting quarterback. 37 and 15 career record. He's a 7-12 career win percentage, including the postseason. Fifth best mark among quarterbacks who began their careers in the Super Bowl era. Only Mahomes, Brady, Stahlbach, and Lamar Jackson are ahead of him. Uh, for all the criticism Jimmy Garoppolo gets and the injuries he's gone through, he does have the numbers to support him uh, continuing to hold on to that job, which makes you wonder, why did they draft Trey Lance? We'll have to wait and see what the offseason holds there. Uh, Garoppolo is also 3-0 as a starting quarterback on the road against the Rams, He's bidding become the second quarterback in 49er history to win multiple NFC championships, uh, joining uh, some guy named Joe Montana. Uh, Von Miller, now, great career with Denver. Now he's a linebacker for the Rams. One sack, one forced fumble, and a fumble recovery in the 30-27 to 27 win at Tampa Bay. Miller has at least one sack in four straight postseason games, including two and a half sacks in Super Bowl 50 a few years ago with Denver. He had two and a half sacks for the Broncos in his last conference championship game against the Patriots. And, of course, Matthew Stafford, we touched on him. He uh, he uh, got a five play, 63 yard drive with 42 seconds left. Not quite the 13 second heartbreak that Buffalo had, but Stafford pulled it out of the fire to win at Tampa Bay, and uh, it, that was part of a day where he went 28 for 38 for 366, two touchdowns, zero interceptions, a 121.2 rating. Uh, a, a lot of skepticism, a lot of. Uh, People looking askance at Matthew Stafford, still wondering if he if has he, uh, shaken off the taint of being a Detroit Lion. But I think uh, that's uh, well, well past the rearview mirror. And, of course, you cannot talk about the Rams passing game without talking about uh, Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham Jr., and Cooper Cup, who had nine catches for 183 yards in the touchdown in last week's win, the 70-yard catch and run in the first half, and those two great catches, 20 and 44 yards, that set up the game-winning field goal. And like I said, the Rams have had a lot of bad luck against the 49ers in their last six meetings. 49ers have had the better of it. The 49ers have had the more postseason experience. But uh, I, like I said, back in August, when I put the, when I put the uh, picks up on the Sports Column website, uh, I, I hit most of the division winners, and I had a Rams Chiefs Super Bowl. I just had this feeling that the Rams are a more complete team than a lot of people. Uh, would be willing to admit, which is why I stuck with both the Rams and the Chiefs back then, and they're two of the last four teams. I'm sticking with them now.
0: Yeah, and you've got that uh, another touchdown separation here, Joe. The Rams uh, over the 49ers, you have a 31-23. One of the things that I think is interesting, too, with these four teams, Joe, is that as a group, they have lost 24 games. Uh, They lost 24 games during the regular season. So you don't have any team with two or three losses. Uh, You've got two teams with five losses, uh, two teams with seven losses for an average of six.
1: It's very, very interesting because uh, most of the year in the AFC, you had teams like Baltimore and Tennessee sitting atop the standings with uh, multiple amounts of losses. And everybody was saying how wide open everything was in the AFC. Well, it turned out to be the same in the NFC. As a matter of fact, the Rams, they're hosting the conference title game as a four seed. That's only mm-hmm. happened once before since seeding went into being. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals uh, they hosted the, the Philadelphia Eagles as a four seed and won the game and then went on to Super Bowl 43 where they narrowly lost to Pittsburgh. So uh, like I said, the cream usually rises to the top, but you know sometimes you get you get the the uh, the the uh, the vagaries of parody <laughs> involved in these playoff games. Uh, I, I prefer to see more consistency, more constancy. I'm not the kind of guy who likes to see new teams in it all the time because I respect dynasties. And it, it, that's what you have in the NFL. You, you look at the past few decades, they've been ruled by one team. And even though we're still in the very, very
0: –
1: in our infancy here in the, in the 2020s, uh, right now to me Kansas City's the best team, but uh, a lot of other teams are lining up to try to knock them off.
0: Well, last week, Joe, you talked uh, extensively, and uh, for me, it was very educational about the officials and uh, who might be picked uh, to, uh, to officiate in, in these games, the upcoming games this weekend, and also the Super Bowl. Uh, since that time, the NFL has made selections for the Super Bowl. So uh, talk a bit, uh, sort of round two on NFL referees.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, the uh, Super Bowl referee has been selected. He usually comes from the divisional weekend round of games, which, of course, we had last weekend. It used to come from Wild Card weekend, but of course, the NFL—they like to tinker, they like to change the routine. So they moved it up one round, uh, and now they pick their Super Bowl ref from the four divisional games. And of course, as we all know, those divisional games were very compelling viewing—a lot of tricky calls, a lot of controversial calls—and. I watched very closely through those four games, and I think the four referees got it, got it got them right. I don't remember any egregious refereeing error or any error, period. I thought the four referees last weekend did a fantastic job, so uh, they had to pick the one who graded out the best. And uh, even though uh, uh, Cleve Blakeman, had, uh, who refereed uh, the, the, the Cincinnati game, even though he had done two Super Bowls, and I thought for sure he would get the thir- get a third, or I'm sorry, he had one, and I thought he would get a second Super Bowl gig. The guy who refereed the San Francisco Green Bay game in the snow, Ron Torbert, will get his first Super Bowl assignment. Congratulations to him. Uh, 12 years in the league as an official. He started as a side judge. He's been a referee wearing the white hat as a crew chief for eight years. So Ron Torbert will head an all-star mixed crew. Sometimes that can be a problem when you're not working with the same guys you had all year but uh, Ron Torbert is going to be the referee for Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Uh, for my Raven fans here at home, he refereed the uh, the Ravens uh, Thursday night loss to the Miami Dolphins, which kind of put them on the tailspin that eventually ended in a six-game losing streak. But uh, it's tough playing a road game on a Thursday night. But Ron Torbert worked that game. He worked uh, – he, he, he graded out very well to even get an assignment in the divisional round. So Ron Torbert will be your Super Bowl referee. It's his first time uh, refereeing the big game and uh, congratulations to him because that's the pinnacle of the profession. Uh, I don't know if the NFL has selected a referee for the pro bowl yet. And I know a lot of people are going to sneer at that pro bowl and all that, but it's a game check to these guys and it's prestige to these guys. You have to grade out well to get, Playoff games and Super Bowls, and yes, the Pro Bowl too. So uh, I don't know if the NFL has selected a Pro Bowl referee yet, but uh, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't sneeze at it from the official standpoint because uh, it represents being at or near the top of the profession.
0: You know, I was thinking too, um, thinking about what you said earlier, Joe, in the intro on recency bias. Uh, I mentioned in my comments leading into uh, uh, your analysis. Uh, that I talked with a bunch of people over the last few days, uh, and um, some of them told me they they had never watched so much football as they had watched uh, last weekend, because the games, essentially, they ended up to be theater. Uh, even if you're not a hardcore football fan, uh, there was an incredible excitement from the beginning to the end. And I'm thinking if, if that happens again this weekend, um, would it be possible for the television ratings to break... Uh, the all-time record uh, come February, Uh, because, again, it may draw people who aren't necessarily football fans, but again, because of the theater, uh, they'll be watching. What do you think?
1: Well, I I think there's a chance of that, but uh, I was looking over uh, recent Super Bowl ratings, and let's face it, there are many different ways that people watch not just football, but television in general, and uh, the Super Bowl ratings have gone down a little by little, in recent years. As a matter of fact, last year's Super Bowl had a rating below 40 for the first time in a long time, it had like 38 or 39, the rating number was. Uh, and again, I just chalk that up to people watching on their phones and watching on tablets and things of that nature, because the ratings are taken using more conventional means. But uh, the, the days of having a, a Super Bowl rating number in the mid to high 40s, I think the highest rating was 49.1 for Super Bowl 16, if memory serves. I think mm-hmm. those days are over, unless uh, unless, uh, unless somehow you uh, you know th- those numbers rally, which I don't think they're they're going to. But uh, the, uh, you used to be you used to be able to get a rating number of 45 to 48, and you used to have like 115, 120 million people watching at least part of the game. But those numbers have been down in recent years. Now, week by week, uh, the regular season ratings have rallied from the uh, national anthem controversies of about five and six years ago. But uh, the Super Bowl rating has has concerned me a bit. But it's an easy uh, cause to pinpoint when you consider how many different ways people consume the NFL and television uh, in, in the modern day
0: era. Thanks, Joe. Let's do a summary of those picks. To review them again, in the AFC Championship game on Sunday, the first game, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, 33, the Cincinnati Bengals, 26. And in the NFC Championship, the nightcap, you have Los Angeles, the Rams, 31, the 49ers of San Francisco, 23, Rams over the 49ers. Thanks everyone for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you for our Super Bowl preview. Uh, until then, as we always say, please be good sports. For Joe Platania, I'm Frank Fear. Take care, everyone. A tug of war, 22 nameless men grappling in the mud. They called it